Hey there, and welcome to the Care Ministry Podcast, a show about equipping ministry leaders and transforming communities through care. Supporting those in your church and community not only changes individuals' lives, but it grows and strengthens the church. But we want to do that without burning out. So listen in as we learn about tools, strategies, and resources that will equip you and your team and strengthen hope. I'm Laura Howe, and on the show today, we'll be talking all about pastor well-being with Marty Sawyers, president and CEO of Full Strength Network. We hear how his passion to serve the local church and strengthen ministry leaders has led him through a transition from corporate leader to executive pastor, and now directing Full Strength Network, a membership program for pastors and ministry leaders to get the coaching, counseling, and resources that they not only need, but they also want. 1992 was the first year that October was celebrated as Pastor Appreciation Month. The mission was to uplift and encourage pastors, missionaries, and religious workers. The expectation on pastors are some of the heaviest of any profession. They are to prepare and deliver a unique, thought-provoking, biblically sound, and encouraging message every seven days. Lead a nonprofit organization with business savvy and be available to tend to the needs of the hurting and broken congregants and community 24 7, all while maintaining a high standard of personal habits and disciplines as a man or woman of God. This year, pastors have been facing immense pressure. At every turn, they're disappointing someone, they are the recipient of criticisms. They are being pushed and pulled in many directions because of the uniqueness of their profession, that their spiritual walk, personal life, relationships, and work are all enmeshed. Most of us have the opportunity to compartmentalize these areas of our life, set aside our work stressors as we engage in our friendships, press hold on our personal tensions as we go to church to be built up spiritually. It's no wonder that a recent Barna study identified that 29% of pastors have seriously considered a career change in the last year. That's why this year in Pastor Appreciation Month, I reached out to talk to Marty Sawyers of Full Strength Network to talk about caring for ministry leaders. Although Marty is a CEO and president of Full Strength now, he is no stranger to ministry. For 10 years, he was executive pastor of a church in Arizona. Marty grew up, went to school, and married in California. He graduated with a degree in science and an MBA, and then pursued a career in the corporate world with no intention of going into ministry. However, that nagging feeling of wanting to be part of something that had purpose just wouldn't leave him. You know, it's at some point, you know, when you're, when you're working or, you know, you're climbing the corporate ladder, all those cliches or whatever, I had this sense of that, that God wanted me to do something else. And I don't know what that was, but I knew it was different from what I was doing. And the way I tried to explain it is I felt like I needed to do something that had more significance and not that what I was doing wasn't significant. I was providing for my family and taking care and, and, and leading, leading a great team and, and all of those things. But personally, I felt like God had something more for me to do. And it turned out to be the executive pastor of the church that we were actually already at. So uh, I got to use all my experience and then actually go and and lead at a at an amazing church where we where we're already attending. 
So I'm trying to think how transferring from corporate into ministry that there's some what are the what are the changes what are the differences between those two worlds and how you operate or how you lead i should say the interesting thing is church goes much slower than corporate why is that um and well i don't because everyone thinks that this sounds bad but everyone thinks that they need to be involved in every conversation um so when i was in corporate our North American headquarters were in Chicago. I'm here in Arizona. And when our president made a decision in Chicago on a Tuesday morning, we were carrying it out on Tuesday afternoon in Arizona. And I didn't raise my hand and say, hey, wait a second, Patrick didn't ask me my opinion. Why am I doing this? In church world, it seemed like when a decision got made, half the staff would question it. Well, nobody asked me. And it's like, well, you're right. You didn't didn't need to be a part of that decision. So it seemed like lots of decisions were, everyone wanted to be involved. Um, and also it just took longer to implement things because you needed to, because it was church or it was ministry. And not that you didn't care about people's feelings in the corporate world. It was, I don't, that that decision gets made and we're going to carry it out. Whereas church world, it was, oh no, now we've got to go around and, and talk through this lots of times to make sure we have buy-in and all this like, boy, it, at some point it became very, and this was not unique to, you know, as I've talked to friends all around the country, it was like, oh yeah, that's, that's church goes slow. It's like, why? You know? So that was, that was a big adjustment. It was things just move slower Mm. than corporate. I'm just thinking maybe, you know, thinking through how personal, churches church has your personal your spiritual and your professional all in one space and it's really hard to compartmentalize that i guess well and 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 that was both good and bad because you know some people go well this is my ministry and that sounds bad when you say it like that but they took it very personal they cared so much about you know their ministry whatever that was whether it was students or creative arts or children or you know administration or you know spiritual formation whatever that was they cared deeply about that so it was very personal to them so they they wanted to be involved so if anything affected their ministry or what they thought was going to affect their ministry they 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 wanted to be more involved than potentially they needed to be hmm. um but it, it, it's different. I mean, every 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 church is different. Every, I guess, situation can be different. But uh, it it it, w- it was interesting. That was the big difference. It was wow. Everything's questioned, and you know, things just take longer to to decide, implement, roll out mm-hmm. than it does in the corporate space. Mm-hmm. What's the key skill that you had to really? utilize to be able to get through those difficult conversations because i'm sure people often you know people could get their back up or like you said this is going to impact mine what what how did you navigate some of those conversations well i I think what you learn in and this is not unique to church it's just leadership is leadership is not about position it's about influence and relationship and things like that so so the the more influence or the more the more i invested in relationships or conversations or or that the, the easier it was to have those conversations as opposed to, oh, this is your position. Well, your, you know, positional authority is the lowest, you know, level of leadership anyway. But uh, 
I think just being able to, you know, have those relationships, build on those relationships, build that trust. Then when you needed to have a hard conversation or make a decision, it was easier to do mm. or easier to carry out. Um, so John Maxwell always talked about, you know, leadership is influence. And that, that was very evident in church world. Um, not just on a church staff, but when you look at denominations and when you're talking to volunteers and things that they, you know, you, you can't require them to do anything. It's you're, you're selling vision and they're doing things based on, on vision and influence and relationship. And so that was probably the thing I learned quick, you know, that you had to learn very quickly is this isn't just a decision. It's, it's more about relationships and influence. That's really wise counsel for people who are vision and action oriented and want to see change mm -hmm. and want are driven to grow and 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 event like reach their community but they might struggle with some of those conversation skills and those buy-in skills and those you know the the connection skills with their team so that's good. sure well it, it, it's also i mean just because the decision might be right and what you're trying to do might be the right thing to do but if your team isn't ready or if the people you're leading aren't ready or you haven't had that conversation, they're going to push back. They're going to dig their heels in. They're going to feel uncomfortable that you're taking them someplace that they might not be ready yet. But you, you just have to spend a little bit more time in those conversations in in sharing your vision, casting that, you know, uh, helping them feel a little more comfortable in the change that's going to take place. Everyone always says, oh, I, I like change. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't. It's uncomfortable. It's different. It's, you know, everyone talks about, oh, the good old days. No, they weren't the good old days. That's why we're no longer there, you know, type of thing. Um, they want to get back to normal after these last 18 months. Well, no, you want to get to a semblance of just what life looks like now. Mm -hmm. I don't think we want to go back to the way it was. I think it, the, at least the last 18 months have shown us, hey, we can do a lot of good things. I mean, you and I are having conversations in in places that were not our offices two or three years ago. And so just that's a that's a good thing, I think. You know, some of the the freedom and the flexibility and the creativity that have, have come out of, you know, what we would consider probably not a great time in our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's key for resilience, right? Is like, what are the things that grow out of adversity? What are the things that um, you're able to take from that and and nurture and develop and and strengthen out of when you are uh, feel constrained? So, as a pastor yeah. over ten years, you were leading a team, and I'm sure the church went through many different um, ups and downs and changes. And so, as a as a executive pastor, as a leader of that team, what are some of the things that you saw in your people that um, that you noticed patterns, trends of how people manage some of the changes or shifts? There was both there. I, I think there's both good and bad. I, I mean, I kind of mentioned it a little earlier is people would take it personally, which was very good. I mean, they, they cared deeply about reaching the community, the church, you know, the, 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 the students or the children, whoever they were in. But I think also a, an unhealthy pattern that I saw there. And I've continued to see at lots of other churches, both big and small is they started to put ministry or their job on a higher level than it probably should be. 
um, it would take precedence over family or spouse or kids or so it became an unhealthy you, you couldn't remain there for too long. Now there's seasons where you just, we get into busy seasons and things like that, but it was becoming the norm. Um, and it happened to myself, but I didn't realize it until after I was out of it. Hmm. And it was, you know, you know, Sunday comes every seven days. It, you know, it, it church happens every seven days, but it was almost like not crisis, but it was very important. Every week was really important. And it was like, and it and it became, I think, an unhealthy, an unhealthy pace or an unhealthy um, importance that we put on our role or our job or the church, um, and we almost we elevated it sometimes above, like I said, our family, and that became, um, and I still see it now when I went, and it, and that's not just big church. That was small church. I was talking to someone yesterday and their son-in-law is uh, at a small church. There's three staff members. They're going through similar things and they had to actually step back and say, Hey, you, you can't be at an event every single night. Mm -hmm. That's unhealthy. Mm -hmm. you, you're, you're putting the job ahead of your spouse. Um, and that's in a small church. So it's not, it's not just big church. It's happening in, and when we talk about just how we treat our, our pastors and our staff members, it's, I, I think sometimes we put an unhealthy burden. So it's not just the staff member, the pastor, I think it's the attenders put an unhealthy expectation on, oh, that pastor is going to be at every single event. That pastor's wife is going to be at every single event. Mm -hmm. They they have to be available at my beck and call whenever I need to talk to someone. Mm -hmm. um, and that and that's that's unrealistic. And and I think we we expect our our pastors and our church leaders to be experts at too many things. Um, and and then we hold them accountable for for things that we should we should really shouldn't be holding them accountable for. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. So you you mentioned that you noticed this, you know, in hindsight, after you left, can you share some of the things that you would have identified as a sign or symptom leading up to when you finished up as a as a pastor? Well, I, I think it was once I removed myself, once all of a sudden, I didn't have that rhythm of of ministry happening every day, you know, Sunday coming every seven days. And I realized that I was I personally was putting more importance on what we were doing. Not that it wasn't importance, but I was, I was elevating it to that. I, I assumed that everyone else in our community was thinking about worried about wondering what we were doing and how we were doing it as much as we were. And nobody was, hmm. they, they, they had all the other things that they were worried about. And so, um, you know, they, they weren't worried about every single program and every single communication and all the, all the things that we were doing that were good, but they weren't worried about it and think about it as much as we were just like, you know, in, in your life, you're thinking about things that are different from, I mean, you're not thinking about the church you go to seven days a week. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> that's scripture. You should but, not think more highly of yourself. Is it what I don't even know where that is, but that's somewhere in the Bible, yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. But but that but that I think is what we were doing as a staff and, and and it's not unique. It wasn't unique to me as I've talked to people who are no longer in ministry or I talked to 
you know, people that are in ministry now, it's, it's that, that is what I realized. It's, we're putting too much emphasis on what we're doing, the job, as opposed to, hey, what have, we, what have we been called to do? And um, and so I think, like I said before, the pace or the, uh, the level of importance that we were putting on it, we were elevating that above some things in our life that probably probably shouldn't have, have elevated it past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're coming today having a conversation about uh, pastor's experience in, in being that it is Pastor Appreciation Month, it is October when this episode airs. Um, we, I, I would love to hear from you. What are some of those things that, you know, like you said, that are within a ministry leader's mind about what is important, how they think about their congregation or what they're thinking about that maybe, um, the congregants or or people might not realize what is kind of going on internally for them. Just, I want to bring light to that so that we can, sure. you know. I, I think some of the, yeah, I think some of the things that as a, say from a, a congregant, an attender, a member's perspective is the pastor and the church staff member and the ministry, they have a life as well. They have spouse and kids and, and, financial pressures and health pressures and family and, and sickness and all the things that they're going through and worried about. So does the pastor. And I think sometimes we forget that, that they're going through some of the same things that we're going through and it's affecting them just as much, just because you work at a church, just because you're a pastor or, uh, you know, a children's director or a student work, you know, leader, you're still being affected by the same things. All the COVID craziness over the last 18 months, it's affecting everyone, not just, you know, the people who don't work at a church. Um, so I think some of those things, um, if if we realize that, mm-hmm. you know, they're people too, and they have the same stresses and pressures and um, things that, that are happening in their life as well, that maybe we wouldn't put so much expectations on them that we that we do or that we see um from a from a from a pastor i think just realizing that you know they there might be unrealistic expectations put on me and just knowing that and being okay with that not saying that i have to perform up to a certain level but hey just because i don't agree with it doesn't mean it's not true so it, even though I know that there might be unrealistic expectations on me or my family or how I'm treated or how my family is treated, or I mean, I think just being aware of it is a big deal. And, you know, not that I, I can't change it, but I, if I at least am aware of it going, okay, I'm not going to let that affect me as much as, um, you know, as I would have, you know, potentially if I wasn't very, well, why are they, why are they saying that? Why are they treating us like that? Why are they, why are they? expecting me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, just going, no, I, I, I get they, they, they expect that there's nothing I can do about that and being okay with that. Not, not saying it's not important, but, or what they're, what they're concerned about is not important, but just, you know, that that's the way it is. I, I can't change. I can't change the way someone thinks or feels. Mm-hmm. Um, I might not like some things in culture, but that doesn't mean it's not true. I, I mean, I, I, I can't act like it doesn't exist, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be so worried and upset about it that it's going to affect me and my family. 
My daughter is a bit of a people pleaser and she's young and I keep telling her over and over and over, it's not your responsibility to make people happy. Yeah. It is not your responsibility to, to please them. You help someone feel safe and you be kind. But after that, they have the responsibility to, for themselves. You know, we, if we take on the responsibility of ensuring that everyone feels taken care of and um, happy and, and their needs met, well, we're going to, we're going to completely run ourselves out if we take that on as our own responsibility. And if we do, and if we're aware of that, um, I've had several conversations with my kids and it's like, Hey, this doesn't define you. It doesn't matter what they think. Who cares? I mean, and it's easy for us to say as parents, Hey, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Hey, just relax. I mean, but they're going through it. So it, you know, and, and I'm glad we, we get to take a whole month and actually appreciate pastors and, and, and church staff because they are, you know, I think the church is under attack. Pastors are under attack mm-hmm. um, because of, you know, being a Christ follower is going against what now seems to be popular in culture. I mean, 20 years ago, the church was looked at and viewed very differently. Now, depending on what you say or you don't say, you're labeled and canceled Mm -hmm. and all sorts of things that, you know, 20, 30, 50 years ago, we would have never thought about. Now we're dealing with that, depending on if you like a tweet or don't like a tweet or don't come out against something. And I'm not saying that there, there are things that are, that are, that we, I mean, there are things in a culture that are, that we should come out against and talk about and have conversations about. But um, I, I think you know, what we're seeing in, in church world and with pastors and church leaders, it's no matter what you say or don't say, you can't win. Mm-hmm. Half, half. I mean, we did, we saw this in the last 18 months. Mm-hmm. I mean, mask, no mask, you know, meeting in person, not meeting in person, you know, all of these things. Are you, are you going to get vaccinated or not? I mean, all of these things, no matter what you said or didn't say, or how you said it, you couldn't win. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so it, that is what we're dealing with right now with, um, I, I think, within, within church culture and, and, and pastors. So um, anything that we can do to help, help them navigate through that um, is, is, is going to be important, you know, at least to, to support them in what they're doing. So tell me a little bit how you transition from being a senior pastor to w- your role now with Full Strength Network. Well, I was executive pastor for 10 years and, you know, it's Arizona. So what we do in the summer is we sit in the pool because that's, it's 120 and you, that's the only thing you can do. And so this was a, a little over a year ago. And my wife said, Hey, what, what's the future look like? What, what are we going to do next? I mean, I, I wasn't looking, I wasn't thinking about leaving. I love my church. I love the staff that I was serving. I love, you know, being a part of, of, of Cornerstone. And I said, I don't know, but whatever it is, it's going to, whatever it is next, because I know I was probably going to do that for the next 20 years. Um, whatever it is, it's going to support the local church and church leaders. I, I just know that's what I'm passionate about. I have to support the local church and church leaders. And the week after Labor Day, I get an email from um, this executive search firm that, that, that I know, Agora Search Group, that does an amazing job with ministry searches. And there is a profile 
that I opened it up and read it and I felt like it was written for me. And I felt, mm -hmm. I, I remember I'm sitting in my office and, and I, it was, I kind of get chills every time I think about it. It's like, okay, God, this is what you want me to do. You thought it was 10 years and it was only a couple months later. <laughs> and it was, and it was, yeah, literally it was from July to September. It was like, okay, God, this is, this is what you want me to do. And so that started a process of just, you know, conversation and research and prayer and, uh, um, you know, my wife and I just, you know, talking and dreaming and, and the good and the bad and what, what does that look like? And, uh, and on March 1st, um, I, I transitioned and, and took over Full Strength Network. What is Full Strength Network? Tell people about it. There are going to be some people who don't know. Sure. Well, Full Strength Network. So we, we talked about kind of uh, what pastors are going through. And Full Strength Network, it, it's a nonprofit that supports pastors and church leaders at its core. It's their core belief. And our core belief is healthy pastors lead healthy churches and healthy churches change the world. And so it was founded um, by a group of individuals that was birthed out of an organization called Brotherhood Mutual out of Indiana. And they were to, they got together and, you know, five years ago and said, hey, whatever we do, um, we're, we're going to take some money and whatever we do, it's got to support pastors. And so that idea was kind of birthed out of that. And kind of what they found is pastors and church leaders, they actually wanted help, but they just, they didn't know where to go get it. They didn't know if it was going to be safe. Meaning, is anyone going to know that I've actually reached out and asked for help? And when I talk about help, help like counseling, coaching, things like that. So is anyone going to know? Um, is that pastored at a small church in middle America? Is their elder board going to know that I said, hey, I needed, I needed some counseling. I needed to talk to somebody about some issues that I've got going on. Did they feel safe? And then also, you know, this coming from, from your background is, um, how much things cost is, can I afford it? Can I afford to go get the help that I know I need? And that if I found it and it's safe, can I afford it? And so that is what Full Strength Network has become. It, we, we give affordable, safe uh, counseling and coaching and well-being resources to pastors and church staff all over North America. So pastors who are listening, care pastors, youth pastors, family pastors, executive pastors, we value you. We appreciate you. We honor you. And by sharing the resources um, Full Strength has and that Marty leads, that I, I hope that you're able to find the support and, and resources and information that you need to be able to uh, stay healthy. So... Tell me a little bit, when you say resources, what resources are those? Because some people want counseling, some people want coaching, but what do you mean by resources? Well, some of the other resources that we provide um, are like group resources. Like, hey, I want to get together with 10 other like-minded individuals like me and just get some leadership coaching like a cohort. So we call them peer huddles. So once a month online, I get together with 10 other people and it's led by a professional leadership coach. And we talk about things from conflict management or to, hey, how do I, you know, maybe take care of my family better? Or how do I take care of myself? Like maybe some best practices of hiring and firing, some practical things that are helping me in my day-to-day my -day leadership. Other resources are our 
are blogs and articles and podcasts on things that when we talk about well-being, there is you know about six areas of well-being that are basically considered, hey, here's the six that are out there, whether that be spiritual, relational, emotional, physical, um, financial, and intellectual slash mental. Those are those are all the areas of well-being that people um, you know kind of sit in. And um, in it, all of our resources have to do with supporting one of those areas. So there might be there might be blogs on and articles on hey taking care of my my my, my spiritual being it's hey how, how do I because we all know pastors that the only time they open the Bible this week is to prepare for a message um, or that you know they're they're ignoring the relationship they have with their spouse or relationships they have with and 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 you and I both know Lord that hey if we're struggling with our spouse the rest of our life is really chaotic. It just is not operating and it's not functioning as well. And so when we come back together with our spouse and, and talk about that and work on that and fix that, the other things, you know, get better. And, and so that is what, you know, we talk about, you know, you know, I guess pun intended when we're operating at full strength in all of these areas, all of these ministry leaders and pastors are able to lead you know, more effectively at, in their life and in their ministry and in their families of, of what God has called us, God has called us to be and do. So, so those are some of the research. We have other research, you know, personality profiles and assessments, um, some literature, um, some referrals, uh, you know, some people, um, we, we have financial referrals. So I just need help with, with budgeting or financial planning or things like that. So we have the resources where, hey, you know, we'll, we'll pair you up with some, some very good finance, certified financial planners who can walk you through some of that and talk about retirement and budgeting and things like that. I love that. If you're called to a role, you kind of expected to be good at all of it, but that's not true. You know, there's some people who are, aren't that great with managing relationships, and but they're fantastic at, you know, getting into the word and, and explaining, you know, theology and, and teaching and training, or there's some people who aren't great at finances. So that's really awesome that you're able to um, support in, in a variety of ways. Yeah. So that's, so that's what we talk about resources. It, it's, it's not just, even though, um, and the counseling portion, it, it, it's huge. I mean, there's, you know, there's stigmas associated with counseling. I mean, there's stigma associated with mental health, unfortunately, and we're trying to, you know, minimize some of that. I mean, there, there are certain topics that people just don't want to talk about in church. Money and sex are the top two, but I think mental health is, is a big one as well, because I think when someone finally raises their hand to say, I need help, they go through a, a variety of, you know, emotions and feelings. I, I was talking to a, a, a pastor of a fairly, a fairly decent sized church, and he said, hey, I signed up. I signed up for, for full strength and I'm getting counseling. I said, fantastic. And he goes, but you know what I'm feeling right now? He goes, I'm feeling embarrassment, shame, that my faith isn't strong enough, that I should be better than this. And it's like, that's exact. no, you just admitting and being aware that you need help is the strongest, most healthiest thing you can do for yourself, for your spouse, for your church there should be no stigma attached to that. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, some of it's just our own personal pride and, and, you know, what, you know, other people put mm -hmm. on us, but, you know, there's a reason why we say, go get help. 
you know, here's the thing. If you break your arm, you don't sit there at home and go, oh, I'm going to pray this away. No, no, you go get help. Absolutely. If you're struggling, if you're struggling with something um, in your life that, that, that is not a broken arm, go get help. Mm -hmm. The best thing you can do is go talk to somebody or go spend some time with somebody or, you know, and, and it, it's not, it's, you can't faith that away. So many people think that you have to be in crisis before oh, you need help, that you need to be at the end of your rope and absolutely not this. There are ways that you could be pro counseling really is a preventative option. It is. And I now, now we deal with, we deal with people in crisis, but we, we, we view mm -hmm. ourselves as not a crisis ministry because I also know that take that ministry leader who unfortunately all of a sudden made a decision that now they are, they've disqualified themselves from ministry. They did not wake up that day and go, I'm going to go ruin my life. It, it was a process that they mm -hmm. went through. And if at that moment in time, months or years earlier, if they would have raised their hand and went, you know what, I need some help. And if they got it then and took care of it, then there, there's a good chance that they wouldn't have, you know, driven their life into a ditch. Th those are the things that we're trying to help with. And it, it's great when, when church leaders and, and well-known pastors, they, they say, Hey, I'm in counseling and we know they're not in crisis, but it helps them. It helps them to talk about things and things like that. And, and, uh, unfortunately, um, with the whole stigma associated with counseling, uh, you might not want to go to counseling in your hometown, but but COVID has opened up counseling, virtual counseling. It, it has really helped that is I can get counseling in my car now on my phone at lunch with my counselor who is an hour or two away. Absolutely. So it's allowed, it's allowed people to get the help they need and still protect themselves against the unrealistic and unfortunate, you know, stigma that might go along with getting help. It's so good. So being that pastor appreciation month, how, how would people engage with this? Like, is this something that you could purchase this yourself yeah. or like, yep. tell me about the process. Is it, is it, do you gift it? Is it church wide? Is it individual? Sure. All of the above. So, <laughs> so full straight network, we basically operate, we operate a membership program. So it is, it is a membership program that for your membership fee of it's the cost of Netflix, actually a little less than Netflix, um, for either $15 a month or $150 a year, you get 12 sessions with a licensed certified Christian counselor. And then all Are you serious, yes. 12 sessions for 150 bucks a year. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's impressive. It is. <laughs> I didn't know that before. Yeah. I didn't know that you had 12 sessions. That's intense. It, it is. So, but, um, so, but you can do that individually. You can do it for your church staff. Um, I, I was in a conversation with, uh, with an executive pastor this morning. They're signing up their whole staff, their whole staff to get this. Um, and they have a counseling center attached to their church, but their staff isn't using it. No. For the, for the, they're, they're not using it because of the reasons that we, we mentioned earlier is because they don't feel it's now it's an honor. I, I get, it. I've been to their center. I know it's, I, but that stigma associated with now they can offer affordable counseling to their staff that's safe and anonymous and uh, that their staff is going to use. So they can do it church-wide. Give it, we talk about pastor appreciation, give it to your pastor. 
it's $150. Give it to your pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, they, mm-hmm. they need it. They'll, they'll appreciate it. And, here, and here's the thing, not, not everyone's going to use it, but they might use one of the other resources. Um, because there, we, we all know people that say, I don't need help. We all know those people. And at some point in our life, we probably all said that to ourselves. I don't need help. And then we realize somewhere down the line, you know what? We do need help. Um, give, it, give it away. Gift it. Um, you know, the, our, our website, fullstrength.org, it, it shows a, a, some of the things we can do. You can, you can gift it to someone. You can, um, you can just support the ministry because as you just, you know, kind of, you know, mentioned 12 sessions of counseling costs more than $150. Oh, it costs $150 minimum for one session. Yeah. So, uh, we, we are supported by kingdom minded financial leaders and some amazing organizations that, care care deeply for pastors and the church that um we don't ask we don't ask our caregivers that are in our network all over the country to do this for free this is their livelihood so we don't ask them to do it for free so we we still we want to um we want to honor them and honor the 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 profession that they do and so we'll we'll pay them and allow the pastor to go get support and help what i want to touch on is is I want to validate the experience that pastors are having because they can get all the accolades. They can get the cards. They can get the back, you know, slaps. They can get, you know, good job, pastor. We appreciate you, pastor. It's been a difficult year, pastor. But internally, there's continues to be this struggle of, am I good enough? Am I worthy enough? Am I disqualified because I'm struggling? Am I'm feeling numb. I'm feeling overwhelmed. People don't really know the inside me. With Pastor Appreciation Month, I want to air some of those thoughts and some of those feelings. And I'm sure you've heard those and tell people that just because you're thinking these doesn't mean they're true. I have someone who's very close to me who who has an eating disorder. And with anorexia, the things that I've learned over the past several years about um, eating disorders and anorexia is that voice in their head that is a big lie. But that's the loudest voice that they're that they're hearing right now, and I think sometimes what you just talked about is, unfortunately, the past pastors and and people in ministry believe the lies too often. Whatever that is, the first thing is is how, how do we how do we let pastors and ministry leaders know? Hey, we care about you, we love you. What you're doing is important. Um, so just know that, you know, and and pastors and, and church leaders that there are people that care that are praying for you and taking care of you. You might not hear it today, or you might not have, you might not have heard it for a long time. Um, and you might be in a dry spell. Um, there, there might be a rut, uh, that you're in. Um, you know, there's a way to get out of that at some point, we might not see the end of the tunnel. We might not see that light at the end of the tunnel, but it's there. Um, it, it's, I mean, we, we knew we were going to have problems. I mean, Jesus promised us we were going to have problems, but he gave us hope. I mean, and I don't mean to over-spiritualize, but he, he gave us hope. And I think it's important to say that you're not alone in doing yeah. that mission. There are people like Full Strength. There are people out there that will walk alongside you and, and see you in those vulnerable moments and see you in those raw moments and, and be a supporter and a cheerleader and a resource provider and, and that you know, and see that you're valued, not just one month of the year, but value yeah. you and your giftings and, and build you up throughout this journey. Cause it's a hard journey. 
it is. It you never know how or why or it's unfortunate or it's you know it's unfair. All, all of these things that every single person in ministry will deal with. You you are you are treated differently sometimes. There's things that are said about you. I've had close friends who are no longer close friends because of the things they did or said or you know and and it hurts and uh, but but I know it's it's important enough to persevere and do those. It, you, what you're do you're not you said it you're not alone. You're not alone. There's a there's a group of people there's that are out there praying for you and you might not know it and you might not feel it right now. Um, but that's why we created the organization like we did. It's because some of those people feel like they're alone and they can't afford what, unfortunately they can't afford to raise their hand in the group that they're in and say, I need help because they feel like if I raise my hand, I will lose my job. I will be fired. I will be whatever that is right, wrong, or different, they don't feel like they can ask for help. Let us, let us give you that help. There, there's a way that we can do that in a way that you can, you can feel appreciated, you can feel loved, you can get the help you need with, without posting it on Facebook, without, you know, sending a tweet about it. It's okay. It's okay. Um, there, there is, you know, sometimes it needs to be, you know, it needs to be anonymous. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So knowing what you know today, some of the, so the, the lessons learned, the, the scars, the, the wisdom and, you know, seeing what you know today, what would you tell your past self who's just starting out in ministry or had their first hurt or they're feeling overwhelmed by having to be all things to all people all the time. What would you tell your past early self knowing what you know today? Um, I would have gotten counseling 10 years ago because now I know counseling is not for people in crisis. Now it is, it can be, but it can be so much more. Why do the best athletes in the world, the, the bigger they get, the, the better they get, have more and more coaches, the higher they go in their profession? So good. They have strength coach. They have nutrition coaches. They have psychological coach. They have, you know, swing coaches. They all, the bigger they are, the better they have more and more coaches. Why aren't we doing that in ministry? Why aren't we doing the same things that we, and we look at these people and go, oh, they're so good at what they do. They they're talking to a counselor every week. You know, the, some of the best athletes in the world have, psychologists on their payroll that they are have that they are basically getting counseling for every week to help them get better at what they do which is a game mm. so why aren't we doing that so i would have done that i would have looked at that and you know now knowing that it's like i shouldn't feel worse about myself because i'm going to get help that would have probably been the healthiest thing for me to do um, is, Hey, you know, I would have been better. I would have been a better leader. I would have been a better, better husband, a father, a better executive pastor, all of those things. I would have led, you know, I, I would have been better for that. Um, if I would have known that, um, the other thing is, and maybe this is just per personally, and I mentioned this earlier, the job is not more important than who I am and what, what I was called to be. I was called to be a Christ follower, to be an amazing husband, to lead my family, to be a great father. And then by the way, now I'm an executive pastor. So I, I think we, I think 
there, there are times in our life where we get those confused. Whereas all of a sudden it's, oh, I'm the, I'm an executive pastor, or I'm a senior pastor, or I'm a care pastor, or I'm a youth pastor. And then I'm a husband, wife, brother. No, you're not. You know, I, I think we, I think we get those confused and mixed up sometimes. And that makes it challenging on so many other areas in our life. If we, if we don't have that straight. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me, Laura. It's, it's been, it's been a, a honor and a pleasure to, to have this conversation with you. Thanks for listening. I encourage you to put what you've heard today into action. How are you going to be intentional about building a culture of care for both yourself and for others in your church? And don't forget, if you want to be reminded when an episode goes live, make sure you subscribe. Thanks for connecting and take care.